Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya Georgetown basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and back by popular demand, Ben Standig from The Athletic and new podcast host himself. Uh, this is true. The uh, Standard Room only podcast. We will have to have the uh, when the Georgetown season gets a bit closer. We'll have to have have you on. I mean, typically I'm talking to Washington football team, but I I vow to talk about whatever I want to talk about. So when there's something to talk about with this team for that audience, we will do so. Well, I cannot wait, and I totally believe that you will talk about what you want to talk about today, Ben. Georgetown announced their non-conference schedule. It became officially official. We were really only waiting on one school, as we already knew about Coppin State from their schedule. We knew about Syracuse. We knew about West Virginia. We knew about UMBC. We found out about Navy. So the schedule, Georgetown's schedule is set with conference games through the end of December. And we also have the Syracuse game is the first game in 2021 that we know about. We also found out the news that we suspected. The games are at McDonough. There will be no fans. And what really hurts me and you, no media. Although that might change at some point. We'll see. But right now, no fans, no media. McDonough. What are your What are your first thoughts on all of this? Yeah, look, I mean, it's amazing, right? This is where we are in 2020 that McDonough is is the home gym, right? Every Every home game is there. And I mean, you know, you know, we always think it's oh, it's kind of cute and adorable. But when they play the one game a year there, or if there's some like NIT situation, as as you and I attended before when they hosted West Virginia that one time, and Bob Huggins was like up in some random like room upstairs that we used to go in. It's so weird. And like, okay, it's kind of cute. But this is 2020. You, you can't. It's not so easy to have everything where you want it to be. Obviously, the the, the Capital One Arena. They don't even know what uh, what's going on with with the, the NBA and the NHL schedules yet, so I'm sure they couldn't you know uh, couldn't work that out. And it really doesn't make any sense if there's no fans. Georgetown doesn't need to be there. McDonough is what it is. It's not going to be a great facility for for the team, but you know it's fine. It's it, it, in 2020. We're all making sacrifices. This is one of them. And yeah, from the media part, you know, again, sucks. We'll see what happens. Um, if we're able to do it, I mean, I'm I'm in a world now with the Washington football team where we we do go to games, but and we sit in the press box, but we have no access to the players. There's no locker room. We're just doing everything over Zoom. So this isn't much different than that, other than the fact that you're you know not physically there to see it. But you know, depending on the deal, you can make an argument TV is better. Or I don't know. At least in terms of watching the game, you can't see the the subtle thing, especially when games go commercial. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, 2020 is is, is crazy and. Uh, I think uh, here's my question. I guess for you is, and you, you're paying more attention to me. But you know, with all with everything that's happening in college football right now, with all these schools having to cancel games because of COVID. I mean, Maryland just had to cancel a big game this weekend against Ohio State. Pac-12 is like every game is being canceled. As you told me earlier, you know, this schedule sounds good, but I don't, you know, I don't know what to make of it. Is this actually a thing, or are we just do we just have a schedule and we'll, we'll see if it actually goes off? Yeah. I think that what's happening in college football and then when you throw in what we're seeing in college basketball. So basically in college basketball, you're talking about a 14 day pause. Um, it's happened to Marquette in the big East uh, happening to Seton hall 
you know, once you get to the point where Georgetown's first game is the bed standing classic on November 25th, Christmas, or sorry, Thanksgiving Eve um, against UMBC. Once you get to that date, the 25th of November, or even as we get closer, you know, God forbid Georgetown has to pause for 14 days. What does that really leave you? Right. And I think that's kind of the scary thing. And obviously you want to be optimistic and think it would never happen, but it's happening. You know, it happened to Marquette happened to Seton hall. Those are your peers. That's who you run with. So it, you know, I think it's nice to see these games on a schedule. I think if Bobby B was the commissioner of college basketball, I would tell everybody, look, you can only play conference games. And I think that's going to improve your chances of actually having this stuff happen, but they're obviously not doing that. So that's kind of where I look. And I look at Navy, Georgetown's second game is against Navy. There's been COVID problems in Annapolis to where they've had to postpone their last two football games. And it's not just a football thing. It's, you know, from what, I, from what I've read in the Washington Post, it's a, it's an, it's an Annapolis thing. You know, it's a, it's a campus base thing. So, you know, that's a little scary to see Navy on the schedule. Um. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. But, you know, it's great to have a schedule. It's great to look at it. I've got it all highlighted. I'm all I'm all ready, even though I'm not going to be there. Um, and to get back to what you said about football, I'm not a beat reporter like you, covers the team all the time. But, you know, I have been to most of the Redskins ga- or Washington football team games. And it's definitely cool to be there. But the part that you really miss, and it won't hurt you as much in college basketball, is the post-game stuff, right, where you can get a guy on the side that doesn't happen at Georgetown a lot, usually for the other team. Um, I've had better experiences um, with Seton Hall and some of the schools that talk outside their outside their locker room. Georgetown obviously doesn't doesn't do that till the uh, tournaments. So not being there isn't going to be the end of the world, but there are things that you see while you're there that you don't necessarily pick up on TV. <laughs> right, right. I mean, look, and let's just make a joke here for fun. You know, as as reporters, you know, we're we're all concerned that, um, you know, that that not having locker room access and being limited in various ways, well, something that could stay, depending on, you know, not not so much in terms of the pandemic, because obviously that's a bigger issue. But if the, even if the pandemic clears, you know, will will leagues go back to the way things were? We're all hopeful. There's reasons they should, but we'll see. But I'm. But the joke is that for Georgetown, this is like perfect. <laughs> oh, here we go. Just saying, just saying. I mean, you know, we can we can joke about this, right? I mean, you know, we, we, I mean, when you said it, it's not that big of a deal, well, we don't get to go in the locker room anyway. Right. So, all, you know, and Patrick Ewing often doesn't bring out the players, so that part is, you know, so or whatever. But you know, now we're not even there. So, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, I know. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> it's for sure. I actually think, and you can tell me where I'm wrong. I think that for Georgetown purposes if they do it consistently, I could see there being more media veils in a zoom only fashion, as opposed to the ones where we actually have to go down there. Now, I I don't know. I know you're a very good reporter and you have a lot of sources and contacts and all that stuff. But I, in my experiences at Georgetown, there isn't a lot of like post media avail walking to the side stuff. So could you see it being a positive for Georgetown? access to have the zooms as opposed to go, you know, driving down there and, you know, maybe you had a better relationship with JT three than Patrick Ewing, but what, what, what would be your assessment of that? As far as like, you know, the 
quantity of them. I think that there there could be more. Sorry for coughing. Um, so, at a, okay, so on a certain level, it's something of a of a neutral situation, right? I mean, you know, when we drive, you know, if they tell us availability at two o'clock, and this is the case for most teams and programs, you know, they tell you it's two o'clock. Okay, it's not always two o'clock. Sometimes it's a little bit later, depending on especially if you're dealing with kids and classes and and who knows what other obligations Patrick you may have. So so there's always that. Like you know, plus like you know, you have to drive down there and park and and whatever. So you know, you, it's not just two o'clock, you actually have to get there. Then you have to go back. And depending on if you're on a deadline, I'm typically not for the athletic, but regardless if, you, if one is, and you kind of got to kind of have to hustle. And uh, yeah, you're right. There isn't, you know, whether we're talking to Patrick Ewing or the players, you're not getting a one-on-one. So to that extent, everything you're saying is probably there for the group consumption anyway. Sometimes when they bring out two and three players at a time, you know, you have to make a call. Do I want to go talk to Jamarco Pickett or Javon Blair or somebody else? And then, you know, therefore maybe you can get a little more of a, of an opportunity is something borderline exclusive, but probably, probably not. Um, but ultimately, similar to what we're dealing with Washington. In fact, I just wrote an article on the Athletic talking about how I asked the, the Washington football coach Ron Rivera and some of the players, "What's it like the Zoom experience from their perspective?" And Ron Rivera, who's definitely a people person kind of guy, went in pretty great length about why he's not a fan, in part because you know he wants to be able to get to know the people on the other end he wants to see their reaction both when they ask questions and also when he gives an answer now i don't necessarily know that patrick Ewing cares about any of those things i just said but there is something to be said for being in his space him right seeing you you know i, I don't know if does he see who who he really who really is on the other end of that zoom you know obviously people do change all the time in terms of reporters so you know if you're new he's not really going to know you at all and even if you're somebody who's been around you know, like us, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what he, what he says, you know, part of what Ron Rivera was saying is he doesn't always, he can't always see who's on the other end just because of technology or whatever. So there is something to be said for, for, for that. And like, you know, I, I won't pretend in any way, shape or form, I have some like relationship with Patrick Ewing, but I definitely know he recognizes who I am. And I'm sure the same with you and um, a couple other people that were frequently, and, you know, you want to keep that up. So, you know, who knows? Well, you can, you know, ask a tougher question if you need to be. And he understands, hopefully, that you're somebody who's been around and isn't just there to pop off. You're doing it because it's needed to be asked or, or whatever. Or maybe it's, you know, that sometime you do want to get a one-on-one that you can, you know, go to somebody and the, and the PR says to be you and, hey, you know, fan who was always on the calls or Bobby who was always on the calls or whatever, you know, uh, or, you know, not on the calls, I'm sorry, who always is coming out here. You know, hopefully these things help you out. When you're on the Zoom, you're sort of in the same boat as everybody else. And now all the looky-loos who normally wouldn't go out there are going to be on the Zoom call. Presumably there would be more people. I mean, why wouldn't there be, right? I mean, so yeah, it's easier. Uh, yeah. So, so, so that that would be the that would be the downside. So there's going to be a lot of jokes about the no fan policy, um, just because Georgetown's attendance hasn't been that great recently. I know people have been tweeting at me, both Georgetown fans and fans of other schools. Now. You've covered the Washington football team all season. You've been to at least one road game um, where they've had fans this past week. I know I was talking to you when the Washington Giants game started about, wow, you know, there's only 3,000 people here. But to me, it was a big difference. Uh, I covered a bunch of Nats games, no fans. I covered, I think, the first or two of the first couple of uh, Washington football games, and there were no fans. So the fact that there's no fans at McDonough all jokes aside about Georgetown's attendance recently. I think that that 
kind of stinks, right? I, I, I get that, they, you know, it's not a, it's not a decision Georgetown's making. It's a, it's a DC health decision that they're, that they're following, but just from your experience in covering games in the pandemic, what do you, th- I mean, am I wrong? The no fans thing, it just, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it'll be, it'll be weird. Like, so obviously, so we just got to witness the NBA, right. Playing in a bubble, no fans. Now I didn't think after a while that that actually seemed terribly weird, but when I say no fans, I mean, you know, there were like, they did a good job of simulating as much as they could. There was crowd noise piped in. They had those videos of people, uh, you know, watching the game in some capacity from home. And then, you know, you had various other people around the game and, and obviously the players, you know, on the team are into it and all that. But here, obviously, with all these, you know, you know there's not going to be any of that. I, I don't know when, you know, what, what kind of piped in noise is Georgetown going to have? I don't know. Are going to have some tape or if that's even allowed, some audio? I don't know, maybe. But yeah, it won't be the same thing. It'll be, you know, zombie basketball. And, and that's how it felt a little bit at, at the football game where there, the first two home, two or three home games were literally no fans. And now we're behind, you know, thick, thick glass in the press box. Um, so you can't hear too much, but yeah, it was definitely noticeably different having just anybody um, in the stand. So yeah, it's gonna it, it'll it'll be it'll be problematic, but you know, again, and in, in relatively speaking, you know, it is what it is. We we, we all we all get it. Hopefully, um, I, I would you know, it'll be interesting though because you know, so one thing you know when uh, you know you and I are in some sort of like an office pool for football, and you know when you pick these games now and you look at the point spread, sometimes you think to yourself, okay, the home team is favored by three or four points. But it's not the same thing, definitively, right? Because there's no crowd in most cases. So the idea of no crowd could, you know, can play both ways. You don't have that fan. So you know, if you if you're a team that has some raucous home court advantage, the way say Syracuse might, based on the, the fans in the Carrier Dome, whereas realistically, you know, based on how things have been going here, you know, there wouldn't be some huge crowd. Maybe I don't know. Maybe somehow that balances things out for Georgetown. If this is a year where you know maybe you weren't going to have. Some, some some huge numbers. I mean, I'm trying to find a silver lining here on some level. Maybe yeah, it sucks no. across the board, but maybe there's some, you know, maybe there's something to that. Yeah, obviously Georgetown picked 11th out of 11 schools in the Big East, so presumably they're going to be the underdog on almost every night, save for maybe you know DePaul and I forget who else was down there. I think maybe Butler, St. John's. You know, so I do think if you go up and play a Villanova or even hosting Villanova, because a, a ton of Villanova fans, you know, are at Georgetown games, I think that it could favor the underdog, which this will be the season of the underdog for the Hoyas, because all they can do is they can only match or exceed expectations in the league based on being voted 11th out of 11 in the coaches. So we talked about they open up the season the day before Thanksgiving against UMBC. A week later, they play Navy, and then they get Bob Huggins at the end of that week. They have Coppin State, and then you get into Big East play. So I don't know what UMBC's got going on. I don't know what Navy's got going on. It seems imperative that they start 3-1. and one. I think we can agree on that. West Virginia, this is supposed to be one of Bob Huggins' better teams, and I don't think it's going to be a replay of when he had, what was it, like a 20-minute I was actually worried about his mental health at that point. I think he had like a 20 minute, just, you know, thoughts on life. It was a very, it was, it was a very dire situation for him the last time he visited McDonough, but they're supposed to be good. So 
you got to get out to a three and one start, I think here. And, um, and then that's it. You, you know, you have Syracuse as far as non-conference. I don't know about you. I absolutely love a big non-conference game in January or February. So I loved seeing Syracuse in January. Do you have similar thoughts? Do you think it doesn't matter? Do you think I'm an idiot? Either or. Are you still there? Yeah, sorry, sorry. I accidentally hit myself, and then you heard me say, "Yes, you're, you're an idiot." But of course, no, I uh, didn't. I, I didn't hear you say that. No, no, no. You would have heard that, but now I'm the idiot who muted himself. So what do I know? Okay. Um. So, well, here's my question, though. Like, again, I, this isn't. So when you say like Georgetown needs to go off to a three and one start, like that's sort of just like in terms of a, if you want to have any hopes of having any kind of fun, which you're right. But like the whole year, like I haven't thought about this yet, in part because Georgetown, you know, as it stands, is not a team we're thinking of as going to be on the NCAA bubble or in the field or whatever, but like, right. how on earth is anybody going to judge anything this year? Every year we go through this rigmarole of... I think we'll know, find a way to judge. But I mean, like, <laughs> just just using Georgetown's schedule as an example, I mean, so this was not the full schedule, like, right, to be clear, but as far as we know, the rest of the schedule is most likely just Big East games. So yeah. they only have a handful of, of non-conference games, and then obviously the Big East. Now, if this was a Georgetown team that was thought to be a contender, they would have every metric you would want. And, I mean, assuming that they win games, you know, they're going to have teams that are going to their opponents that are good, both conference and non-conference. But like, you know, how, how, what about the mid-majors and below? They have they're going to have no shot at anything. So what, so it, it seems like it would be almost it's basically win your conference or you're screwed. And then if you are with these these bigger majors that don't have um uh or you know the the major, you know the the power conference type schools you know you uh, i mean you don't have other options right typically i mean you you better win your conference games essentially because there is no you know for the most part i guess there are some technical tournaments what did i see that up at the uh at the um Mohegan Sun they're having some some events and, and like yeah. Villanova's in one of them and so you're having guess, the paradise ben they're having the paradise jam at the convention center. Yeah. Paradise. But yeah, but, but, yeah, but I guess it's the exact, of course. <laughs> well, what else could be par- more paradise than that place? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know how, how, how they're all going to do that. I mean, I guess Ken Palm will do whatever Ken Palm does, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you, you know, equate these things across the board, but uh, you know, whatever, again, relatively speaking, this is not the, the world's biggest problem today. It's just going to be such a, you know what, uh, to try to sort out who, who, who should be in and who shouldn't be in, um, you know, in advance. Yeah. And so they could have, Georgetown could have played as many as seven non-league games. They're only playing five. Um, they actually, Georgetown at the time when they backed out of the legacy, the wooden legacy classic or whatever was supposed to be down in Florida, which was them. And, uh, Kansas, Virginia, UCLA, because of what Georgetown had done a couple of years ago with their schedule, it looked kind of like, ah, uh, you know, what's going on here? Well, you know, that's not happening. Everyone pulled out of all the, all those Florida classics aren't going to happen. So, you know, Georgetown was actually, you know, a cut above everyone else in terms of scheduling there. So I, I think as two guys that have ripped their schedule in the past, I think it's fair that we do bring that up. But if you look at what their five-game non-conference schedule is, if you said, look, everyone only has five games, they've got Syracuse, who is Syracuse, West Virginia, who they're always good, they're ranked. Um, you only have one, what you would consider low major in Coppin State. And then you've got UMBC, your boys, which 
can pull off uh, miracles in the tournament. And then you've got Navy as more of like in the middle type of type of school. So it's kind of, you know, they're like I said, the composition of their actual five games is about as good as you would think, right? Yeah, right. If 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 this was a full non-conference schedule and you and this was the you know you broadened this this out to equate over the ten or twelve games, this we there would be no complaints. You have a good yeah. mix of of uh, you know the likely tournament teams or teams that you know typically they're pretty good, and uh, you know all and and, and the rest. So uh, yeah, uh, it all it, it all sounds. It all sounds good. But by the way, you've mentioned that a couple of times, you know, the Ben Uh-oh. Standick. What, what, no, what do you say? The Ben Standick classic? What yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, how do we get this to be an actual thing? Like, like I don't normally need to, like, any type of like self-promotion, but like, what, how do we like, kick, what, what can we do? Like, what, what don't we, we know? Discuss- don't we know the PR guy for them? For UNBC? Yeah. Isn't it? Um, it was like, a, it's um, a fellow AP freelancers, Son, right? Isn't it Seidel's son? Oh, um, I don't know what he does over there. He does something. Well, think, that would be a start. Well, sure, but I mean, you know, I feel like look, I just feel like casual Hoya can can create movements. Yeah, and I'm just saying, you know, look, we all we all need something to rally around. Now, the question here's the real question, though: <laughs> what what what's the trophy? Like, I could I could imagine like an empty pizza box. Um, That's what I said. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I can imagine. I can imagine that. You know, I'm sure you probably want to say like a messy front seat in my car. Uh, oh man! If, it, if Ben if Ben ever offers you a ride, just be prepared to wait. <laughs> um. So yeah, I just think we. I just think we need to work on work on that. I mean, you know, who, who knows if the season if the season will happen? But we can we can ensure that this thing is called officially the Ben Standard Classic and come up with something. Um, to, to commemorate the ridiculousness. Of, okay. Nerf, Nerf gun to head. Oh, do you think Georgetown will play their entire season at McDonough? And do you think it will be an entire season of no fans, no media? No fans, no media. I feel pretty confident with that. Uh, in terms I feel of if the... they open it up for the Wizards and the Caps, I feel there might be some contractual things where Georgetown, I, I'm, you know, it, it really comes down to what is the actual agreement with Georgetown and Capital One Arena. And if they start having events there, I would think they probably would have to have them there. So, okay. So good, good. So good point. So, um, yeah, right. So once we know the NBA NHL schedule, if there's like a, you know, Hey, there's the, these two, two Wednesdays and a Saturday in which nobody is doing anything. Can we, can we have you guys, you know, does Georgetown want to have games there? Um, you know, that type of thing. Um, I mean, I guess it's possible. I just don't know all the, the, the the deals there's so many um you know i'm sure i'm gonna say uh hoops to jump through in terms of you know who can be in the buildings when you know typically a georgetown situation during the weekend is georgetown would play say at noon and then they would flip the court either to the wizards or, or to the ice but i would imagine stuff like that they don't want to do at all because you know the amount of people that have to be involved and be in the building oh, yeah. to, to do that so i would think those types of things would be out so i don't know how many weekends will be available um, during the night you know, or during the week, I mean, sure, I guess it's conceivable. But then the question is, if you're at Capital One Arena, uh, yeah, I mean, what's the deal with fans? Like, how how are you letting fans in? You know, they, they, part of the reason why the NBA the NBA does not want to bubble again because they need fans in the building on some level. Because without fans, they're going to lose money and and all that. 
um, how does that work for Georgetown? You know, can you know how many people are coming? Let's just even say they let fans in. I'm not bringing this disparaging of Georgetown fans. How many are actually going to show up though? I mean, even if I tell you the city, you know, it's not you know, pick 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 whatever biggies, Villanova, whoever it is, is at Cap One. Are you who's going? Like, what? How many people are going? Five thousand people? Is that a high number? I don't know. Is that enough for them to everybody say let's do this? Right? Because it's one thing over the course of a season to have season ticket holders and and you know you know over you know, 16, 17, 20 games, whatever it is, you're going to have people for one game. I, I just don't know one or two, three games. Is that enough for them to want to open it up? I, that, that, that's the part I, I don't know from a purely business perspective. It, it's funny you bring up the opponents too, because two of the opponents, so of the other 10 schools that they have to play conference games against, two of what you would consider the best draws, probably the two best draws, are already on the schedule for McDonough in December when they play uh, Villanova on December 11th. And then two days later on December 13th, they host Connecticut. So you would think those would be two of the better draws to, you know, a Capital One Arena game. So by knocking them out, I feel like that really lessens the chances, right, of of having a game there and having it make sense from a fan standpoint. Uh, of course, on just a completely optimistic front, if we were at a point in a, if as a country we're at a point where fans going to indoor events is something that's going to be well perceived, I think we'll all be winning. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, if, if we can get to the point where this is even the discussion, how many people can happen, can go, how many, whatever, that's all, yeah, that's all good. Uh, right now, you know, it's, um, you know, as a, again, as somebody who's covering Washington football team, and you see NFL teams across the board dealing with various COVID issues, and and um, you know the NFL starting to make steps towards, hey, just in case we have a situation where we have to, because they've already had a few uh, schedule changes, but because yeah. of bye weeks, they've been able to do it without a problem. But the bye week situation ends here pretty quick, and then you know they've had to come up with contingency plans now, and um, you know, look, I mean. Again, it's a sort of a, a, a wait and see and hope. I, you know, anybody who who you know want you know is, is planning on uh, you know buying tickets or out of well, I don't know. You can't. I guess you can't go to games. Okay, wait. What's the deal? Are are any of the Big East schools able to have fans or no? Like I'm guessing Creighton, yes. I, don't I think Creighton, even though they're Nebraska's not doing so great right now, I believe wants to just try and get as many people in there as possible. You've you've seen from the other schools that are more like minded with Georgetown. Um, having no fans. I believe Seton Hall wants to play their games at the Prudential Center and wants to have a certain number there. But as it stands right now, most of the schools that have come out have said no fans. Um, and I don't think we know where St. John's is playing their games yet. I don't think it's going to be MSG. Um, Syracuse on the press release today, I know it's not a biggie school, but it used to be in Georgetown's playing them. They'd said that it was still, they still hadn't determined what they're going to do. And that's, you know, for the January 9th game. So I think you're going to find most schools aren't going to have fans. I'm a little interested from George Mason's point of view. I know that's obviously not a biggie school there in the A-10, but it's just down the road for me. I end up covering a lot of their games. I don't know. I would think, I would think you got to go no fans. You know, it's one thing inside or it's one thing outside for football. Another thing, you know, inside Um, that being said, our, Am I going to be able to talk you into a road trip to either like a Villanova or something just 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 to get a game in live? If like let let's say Villanova is having media, 
you know. Um, I'm not sure I can go a whole. But of course, I guess it's. I, I mean, honestly, it's going to depend what's going on in the country, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, like I, I've done. I've done two road games uh, for the Washington football team. I drove to Cleveland and I drove to New York and it's just a press box only situation. Um, Cleveland had fans that did mill about a little bit with them and New York, there were no fans. Um, but so drive, so the driving to Villanova part seems reasonable, but, but again, indoors versus outdoors. I don't know. You know, I, I've been pretty cautious with this whole situation with, with COVID-19 so far. So the idea of being indoors is not that appealing uh, for any length of time, but you know, uh, to be fair, the press boxes are indoors. So the whole world is a little bit nuts. Um, and, you know, you got to try to sort it out, but yes, yeah, so I mean, right now with cases spiking, I mean, that, I mean, that's the thing, like when, you know, I, I saw somebody, you know, cause, you know, we saw the Ivy leagues have already canceled or, or postponed or whatever technical term they use everything, right. So they're pushing everything back or, or you're not going to have it at all. And, you know, last time we back in March, they were the first one to, uh, you know, to pull the plug and everybody was like, Oh, what are they doing? And then, and then all of a sudden they proved out to be, they were the right one. Now I'm not saying that's the case here. I don't know, but obviously cases are spiking around the country at pretty alarming rates. So, you know, you have to wonder where we're going to be uh, in a couple months that you can't compare this to where the NBA bubble situation was one, it was a bubble and two, Things were not as, you know, I don't know if we've ever been optimistic per se with the pandemic, but things look better during the summer. But now it's getting worse as, you know, the doctors predicted. So that's why it's like it's fun to discuss the schedule and we hope for the best. But I have uh, I don't feel particularly confident saying that they would get through the whole schedule or that, you know, that somebody isn't going to have an issue. And this is, by the way, I mean, this is the thing with the colleges. You know, you can, you know, with the, with the pro teams, you know, there's a little more control, especially when you do with the bubble situation. But when you have 351 Division One teams, you can't expect the same standards to be kept at every school. That's why and I said my, conference only. That's why I said Commissioner Bobby B is doing conference only. Right. But you're saying, but you, you know, and even and even with that, on some level, you know, you, you, who knows for sure? I mean, college kids are college kids, right? I mean, you know, Maryland just uh, they had to cancel a game with Ohio State 10 or 11 days after Halloween. I suspect because of COVID cases, I suspect that's not a coincidence. And is it possible you know, Ohio State's ducking them? <laughs> sure. It, it, look, man. I mean, uh, I'm joking. To, 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 to a junior, come on, Heisman, uh, Heisman candidate. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, but even say even with this, even with them, I mean, you know, who knows what what happens? I'm not, you know, any 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 of these schools, you know, they're they're college kids. I would absolutely have not followed the rules when I was in college. Not, you know, just being stupid. I'm, so, I'm sure you didn't. So <laughs> so you tell me if I should retire from Twitter. It was a big week this week um, as far as Georgetown signed all the kids in their 2021 class. Ryan Matumbo, Tyler Beard, uh, Jordan Riley, uh, Jalen Billingsley. R- Dikembe Matumbo, who I follow on Twitter. He tweeted out an Instagram, you know, with his son signing the papers. Um, I quote tweeted and said, Ryan Matumbo update from a reliable source. And Dikembe Matumbo was the first person to like my tweet. So I feel like that's probably it. I'm probably not going to get better on Twitter than that. Is that, do you think that's it for me? That That is, that is pretty good. You can, you can pull the Costanza and leave on the high note. <laughs> um, but, you know. You know, I I like to see, I like you I like you on Twitter because you know you're 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 a tortured soul, 
and uh, <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy watching the, your angst because uh, I because I'm 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 right there with you. So, um, you know, I like I like I like seeing other people also suffer the way I do. So yeah, you should stick around. But that is a good high note if you if you do decide to go out. I thought it was pretty good, and you know, Dikembe is the kind of person. I, I did it the other day when I um, there was a Jim Beheim had a pretty long rant. By the way, in his uh, you know as his career is you know um, drifting closer and closer to retirement island, um, you know as you were there last year when he went on a big rant about when you know Akinjo and them left and he said Georgetown was better and he gave us like the, the quotes for basically the next month for Georgetown. He had a pretty good rant the other day about recruiting and all that kind of stuff. But I I read what was transcribed in Jim Beheim's voice, even with the pauses, you know, and the complaining and like the, the looks it's impossible to read a Dikembe Mutombo tweet and not kind of read it in his voice. Right. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, I, 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 I don't, I, between his finger wagging and the voice, yeah. there's so much, there's so much going on there um, at all times. Um, a hundred percent. Uh yeah, for 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 sure. But by the way, um, so Ryan Matumbo, I, you know, I've met on the podcast since that happened. Yeah. Kudos to everybody who wished that into existence. So here's my question: So we've now had, you know, we've had Patrick Ewing's kid, we've had Alonzo Mourning's kid, uh, we've had uh, Reggie Williams' kid was a walk-on. We've had now Matumbo. Um, I might be forgetting somebody. Uh, well, well, I even who? The crazy thing is is they, you know, the best one of them all was Jaron Jackson's kid. Right. He didn't end up coming. So, so here's my question is, what? who's next? Like, what, what's the pipeline on this thing? Because this seems to be Georgetown's best, most consistent path for getting guys. So who's the, who's, whose kid is next in the pipeline? I don't know. Did Horace, Horace uh, Broadnack's kid end up going to college? I, I can't remember. I remember at one time, he, I thought he was like a pretty big recruit. Oh, I mean, I, 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 this is your world. I have no idea. I'm just picturing if we've reached the point of, you know, we've gotten now past Morning and Matumbo. You know, Iverson is is the next one I can think of, like sort of in that range. Um, you know, then that, that means you know, Fellow Harrington, Jerome Williams. I have no idea. I don't know if any of them have kids. I mean, I think Iverson does, but like the, uh, I, I just don't know what, uh, you know, I just don't know where, where we're at. I was, I mean, the the problem with Iverson's kids, and I, I'm not even sure how old they are. What is that, you know, I'm not taking anything away from, you know, the big men, but Iverson obviously was such a freak of nature that even if he had a really athletic son or sons at that height, let's just say that they end up being about the size of their dad or smaller or even a little bit bigger. It's just way harder to be an athlete of that level, right? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, you know, the idea of any of these guys becoming viable on any level is that you know massive you know you know it, it, it takes a lot to be a, a, a division one player let alone somebody who's good let alone somebody who could star you know that's a whole other thing and you know pretty much all the names we just said none of them really were that patrick ewing jr i mean uh, in terms of the guy that went to georgetown patrick ewing jr was, was definitely pretty solid but obviously wasn't didn't sniff his father's level and, and so on. We'll see what happens with, with Ryan Matumbo just in terms of whether he's even good. But yeah, I mean, just in terms of the idea of who, who's, uh, who, who's next, uh, you know, that look, I mean, that's, it's a pretty interesting subplot uh, that that's gone on here for, for a while now, for sure. Well, it looks like 
there's a lot of viewings in the pipeline at some point, but I have to imagine that there would be there would be players before that. So it looks like Trey Broadnax is he at Florida Gulf Coast? That hurts. That hurts. So Ben. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Georgetown's done a pretty good job of putting out stuff for the recruits. We've seen some pictures of practice, some videos of practice. Um, the biggest positive I've seen is Jamarco Pickett seems to be full headband. What are you looking forward to this season or a player that is not named Jamarco Pickett or Javon Blair? Do you want me to tell you mine first or do you want to go? I'll go first. Go first. I think I'm expecting big things from grad transfer and local local guy, Donald Carey. He was at Siena. He fills a need. He's a pretty good shooter. He's a big guard. I think defensively, I think he's going to be an upgrade over some of the guards they've had that I'm not even going to name. That's that's who I am. Besides Jamarco Pickett's headband, which has looked pretty cool, I think Don Carey of all – because there's just so many newcomers. We didn't have Kenner League. We didn't get to get together with, you know, Rich and I'd have a hot dog and you guys would stare at me for eating a uh, Kenner League hot dog. There hasn't been anything to kind of go on. So in the little snippets and the little things, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Don Carey. Yeah. I, I don't know if you ever watched Saturday Night Live. Whenever John Mulaney is on, they always have this random musical bit about something like they take some really peculiar thing. And like one of them that was a really good one early, back in February before the pandemic was they did this bit about uh, somebody buying sushi at LaGuardia Airport, and that's how I picture <laughs> and, and like all the craziness that like, why would somebody do that? That's how I think whenever you buy a hot dog at the Kenner League. Um, uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I look. I, I as somebody who has you know been focused elsewhere, I, I'll just in terms of the guys coming back. I mean, you and I talked about this earlier. Like when 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 they play a game, they assume these games happen and it's on TV, and they show you know the, the star player from each team, and you're just like, oh boy, who, you know. Is it really Jamarco Pickett or Blair that we're at? But I think the one guy who could be the interesting one, who could turn make the season, uh, you know, again, I'm not saying they couldn't, you know, that they could be, let's just say it could make the season interesting, is, is uh, Wahab. Yeah. I mean, he did have some flashes last year where you're like, oh, okay, there's, and because he's clearly such a raw player, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, you know, we've seen guys like that take massive leaps, even within a year. So, um, I guess I'm sort of intrigued by what he, by what, what he is. And, and, you know, again, you know, you know, for all the things we talk about with Patrick Ewing, you know, this is on some level, the most fundamental aspect. If you're a big man, you get to go play with Patrick Ewing. And can you, you know, if Patrick Ewing, just the big man coach, a guy who's been there, you know, he, this is what he was doing in the end when he was assistant in the NBA for years. So, you know, if he can, you know, help get this guy to unlock more. I mean, that could be, that could be pretty interesting. Um, you know, again, I don't even know how much they've all been able to work out together or do anything because of um, COVID-19, but regardless, you know, that would be, that, that that's probably the one for me, just based on the fact that I've seen him play, saw some flashes and kind of curious what goes next. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. It, it does of all the years not to have a Kenner leak, this would have been one of the better ones just because of the, just the sheer amount of new players you have, you know, I mentioned Carrie, who's a grad transfer. They've got two other grad transfers and a bunch of freshmen. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, 
there's there's a lot of I wouldn't say broken dreams, but there's a lot of that guy is going to be the next, you know, whoever out of Kenner league. I think I had Aaron bone in the NBA, like after a one and done after a couple Kenner league performances, but just the ability to get excited about, about different guys. is kind of out the window. Like I could be saying, I tell you what, TJ Berger, he never misses. Or I tell you what, Colin, Colin Holloway, man, he's, he's just a beast down low with his footwork. I have no idea. And I'm not going off YouTube. I'm not doing that. I have to see it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's always my thing. Even when we t- you tell me the guy is ranked three-star, four-star, whatever, I-, I need to see the player myself before. And-, and obviously, ideally, not in a Kenner League situation. But, you know, whatever you can do, I-, I-, I need to see it for myself. Because we've all been burned by you know hearing somebody with some big recruit, and all of a sudden you, you see them play, and you're like, what? And then it goes the other way. You know, as well, somebody comes in with that much hype and you're like, oh, well, hold on, that guy can play at least in some capacity. But, yeah, I mean, I was talking on Twitter yesterday with somebody about, like, what's the thing we missed the most, like, from a fun element. And, like, going to the movies is probably tops on my list. But, like, as, like, a, you know, further down the list, but, you know, as a single and single thing, I mean, you know, Kenner League was always, you know, a big summer staple. Like you said, go out there. You'd be out there, Rich Fodkin, you know, the other random people. See how I can get yeah. myself in trouble with Georgetown while I'm there. Yeah. Um, you know, always, always, always a good time. And and yeah, you see, you see whatever you see. You know, even if it's not some incoming freshman, how did you know how did Wahab improve? Is you know what is Blair looking like? Are you know guys in you know, thinner, better shape? Or do they have a new jumper? You know, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, we obviously unfortunately don't have any of that. We don't. Hey, did you give out Halloween candy this year? Did you have any trick-or-treaters? Um, I spent Halloween. It was a rare outing for me where I got out of my house and went to a friend's house. So, no. Um, but at his house, they had they just put the Halloween candy out in a bucket outside. And I'm pretty sure some you know the first kid came by, took it all, and left. But Yeah, so my neighborhood kind of did that. It was they, they, they tried to be really organized and, you know, you know, email if you want your house to be included, but because it was a Saturday night, I think that there was, and it was, you know, it was nice weather. I think that there was more kids going around. We, we kind of hung out in our front yard with a fire pit, but we had like a table further away and kids came and went. Anyway, this leads me to my question, which is really important. If I, I just had three pieces of candy on my desk. I may or may not have eaten. If I had to have you rank starburst, Sour Patch Kids and Gummy Bears. What's going to be your number one seed there? Oh, man. You know what this – okay, just to be clear, off the bat, instead of this being like the Maui tournament, this is like that – this is like a tournament that they hold in like Iowa or something. What are you talking about? You're like – what are you, just like total chocolate guy? Yeah, I mean like Starburst, respectable. What was it? Sour Patch Kids and what was the other one? Gummy Bears. Gummy bear. I mean, look. You don't uh, like. Bear, you don't like the. Is it how you say it? Her, Haribo, Haribo. Yeah. This is the gold uh, standard of gummy bears, bro. I, I I guess that they're gold standard for gummy bears. I just graduated off of gummy bears many moons ago. It's it's never. It is. It, look, uh, you know, if you see me in person, you know <laughs> Can that you I'm, answer? Not, I'm not. What is it? What is the answer? Hold on. I'm just saying. You you know, I'm not pushing away too much candy. Um. But yeah, I just it, to me it's not it's not a thing. But anyway, of those three, clearly the one seed is the Starburst, okay. then the Gummy Bears and uh, Sour Patch Kids. That's like a playing game situation. 
Wow. So that's like the Charleston classic for you? Not even that, because Georgetown was in that once. Like, this is like, I'm, I'm saying this is like where UNBC is the top seed. Is this like the Cayman Islands thing where Mason was in it with a bunch of schools no one had heard of? <laughs> something something like that. Oh, um, actually, Noah, this is like the Jamaica classic. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I, I didn't buy any candy, didn't have any candy. Yeah, I didn't even, I, I, I wasn't even around Halloween candy this year so literally didn't have anything all right um, on on that front so normally if this had been a normal year and we were talking on the kente corner podcast which by the way if you haven't subscribed go ahead and do that it helps us out helps out andrew everyone loves casual hoya and if you haven't rated or reviewed it recently that would be great to do as well and if you don't like what you're hearing and you want to hear different stuff you've got ideas tweet me at bobby bancroft's and between Andrew, Ben, myself, a lot of the other guys that come on, Nolan, we'll figure it out for you. Um, but anyway, if this had been a normal December, or if this had been a normal November twentieth or November thirteenth, twenty twenty, we'd have a couple games under our belts to talk about. We don't. Are you missing? I know that you know you're you're immersed full time in, in NFL. Are you missing? college or the nba right now because last friday night i had a feeling for me like hey shouldn't there be an nba game on even though we got basketball all summer i definitely really missing basketball well i mean so the nba just ended 10 seconds ago right i mean i know but it feels like my biological clock of sports is telling me there should be basketball on yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm with you. My, my biological, uh, I'm with our biological clock because that's I, that feels like I might be about something else. But our, uh, <laughs> but uh, whatever, uh, yeah, so our, whatever. Our, our, every, yeah, every everything is off for sure. Uh, but I guess maybe it's because I'm just so immersed in in what I'm doing, and and you know the, the NFL calendar has not been interrupted, knock on wood. So I've been with that. But I, I'll say this, like so for the NBA, like I feel like I got a decent fix you know, throughout the bubble. And look, I think the bubble was pulled off about as well as could be expected, right? Yeah. Um, the college basketball part to me, look, I, you know, I, I feel like whenever I come on your podcast, I'm like the downer guy and I don't mean to be, but. Oh, I've you know, never it, felt that way, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I, I make you like, you know, a little Miss Sunshine. Um, but the, I, I just, I, you know, college basketball to me is just such a weird place. I mean, if you said to me right now, name anybody who's on the preseason All-American team, I literally don't think I could do it without just completely random guessing. And I, I'm not even sure I could, I could pull it off because other than, like, I don't know, Cade Cunningham. Is he the number one freshman? It's always like that guy. But, like, it, you know, it, it's in a weird space. And then on top of it, you know, Georgetown is not projected to, to, to be that great this year. So I, I, I don't feel a particular miss for college basketball. But I'm not saying when it starts up that I won't be thinking, oh, well, you know, what's the game today? Who's playing who? Obviously, I will be watching Georgetown, you know, assuming it worked out with my schedule and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's not that I'm not intrigued when it gets here. I'm just not going right now. Boy, it just needs to hurry up because, you know, look, the reality is for me at least, and I think for you as well, there's just such, so much bigger picture things going on right now that it's just hard for me to get worked up over where about sports of any kind. But, yeah. you know, if they play, great. But if they don't, uh, okay, well, you know, we, we got other things to focus on. Yeah, no, for sure. I just, you know, yeah, I guess biological clock wasn't the best phrase, but you know what by, I mean. By, by the way, ju- just to uh, give you an example, oh, sorry, 
just to give you an example of how I'm trying to like fill my day now because everything is a Groundhog Day, and you know I have found during this pandemic that if I don't have something to focus on, that's when I start to lose my mind. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, somebody that you know talked me into do- doing with them a juice cleanse. This is day four. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. This what is kind of, like four. what kind of stuff did did you did you buy a juicer? No, no, we bought like. Um, you know, some company, you know, they are, they, they made, uh, I forget what the technical term is, but you know, some company gives you the juice in bottles enough for five days, five bot. Yeah. Drink five bottles each day. Oh my and, God. um, <clears throat> the first three days I did it, didn't cheat at all. The only thing I, I did eat a little bit. It was, I only ate like apples and bananas. Didn't eat like any actual other food today. I, I was just like, it's not so much that I was hungry, though, though I was hungry a little bit. It's just that, like, I constantly kept thinking about that I, was, that, about, but that I wasn't eating. Like, I kept noticing that, like, I was reaching for food all the time, which is ridiculous. So I, I did have a little bit today because I'm like, okay, I need to, like, I need to focus on work. But, uh, yeah, so this is day four of a, of a juice cleanse just because I'm trying to do something to do something. This is awesome. So what's, like, what's like the go-to juice? Well, um, I don't, the, the, each one of them has like five or six different ingredients. I will say this, the worst one, it's the, it's the last one of the day. It's, it, first of all, it's green. So you can tell it's not going to be great. And, the, and the, the first ingredient listed, I guess it's by alphabetical order, I'm not sure, is dandelion, which I don't even understand how that's a thing. That Why didn't we open up with this? I told you right before we started, if you wanted to ask me, I told you I was doing something weird food-wise. Oh, God. But, um, so yeah, so, so that's what's been going on. I, like I said, I, I did, uh, when I got back from practice, from practice today with the Washington football team, I did, um, eat a little actual food, but, um, that was just to sort of focus on what I needed to. And we'll get back to the, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're staying pretty strict. It's actually been interesting. Uh, but yeah, that, that's where I'm at on the pandemic. Oh my God! You definitely deserve some Sour Patch Kids. I had no idea this was going on. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 been quite the journey, and uh, what we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, did you we'll did you weigh happens. yourself before it started? I did. I don't think I've noticed anything yet. Definitely have been have had to go to the bathroom a bit more. I will say. All that. right, this is where the spot. <laughs> well, the same. Um, it's been interesting. <laughs> hey, so you know, you did another teaser earlier um, about your, you know, you've got this new podcast and you've been asking off the wall type questions. Is there one that you want to give the listeners here um, a sneak peek on, and then they can <clears throat> hop on over to your podcast? All right. Well, I'll ask you if you come on the podcast. We may repeat some of this, but I'll, I'll ask you here. Uh, trying to remember here. Okay. First question is, who is somebody on Twitter that you wish followed you that doesn't? Well, probably Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, I actually do have that follow. I don't think he follows me, and this is going to ruin my life now. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, who is your favorite all-time athlete? Favorite all-time athlete? Well, we're here on Kente Corner. It's hard to get better than Iverson. Particularly, I don't know if you saw, I tweeted out some of his high school football highlights the other day. When it sounds like 
if he hadn't gotten in, you know, the bowling alley thing didn't happen, he probably wouldn't have come to Georgetown. He probably would have gone somewhere to play football and basketball at a really high level. Iverson's up there. Randy Moss is up there. I'm just talking like just athletes. I mean, they were obviously great players too, but I think that they were just super athletic. Um, you know, I'm just talking what they did on the field. Michael Vick watching his college highlights is ridiculous. Are you looking for like a two sport athlete? You're looking for Bo Jackson, I, I, Deion I, Sanders. I, I'm looking for whatever you whatever you want, but you can only pick one person. It can be whatever thing you want, but you got to pick one. It's probably Iverson. <clears throat> All right, not 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 a bad call, especially in this uh, in this, with this audience. Um, here's a ra- <laughs> here's a random one. I, I think I sort of men- mentioned this to you a bit earlier. If I give you the option, you get to determine if we if if we keep the planet Earth, we keep the name Earth of this planet, or you can switch it to the name of any other current planet. So you can call, you can, we we can we can make a trade, and all of a sudden we could be called Mercury or Saturn or whatever. Do you make a switch into what? So it has to be a planet. Yeah, I mean, if look, if you want to come up with something else, you want to call it Nike, you know, or you want to call it, you know, call Earth the hilltop, you can make that decision. But, you know, I'm at least saying start with the planets and you can work from there. Like, I mean, you know, if I say you can name it anything, why don't you just call it Planet Bobby? So, that's, I mean, it doesn't uh, work as well. But So every year I play in a soccer tournament, not this year, of course, called Neptune. I'm a pretty big, I'm a pretty big fan of the word Neptune. Neptune works. I'd, I'd go Mercury myself, but yeah, Neptune is absolutely uh, a call. I mean, basically, I think almost all the other planet names work better. You can't go Pluto because we got the, the association with the Disney character, and obviously Uranus has other problems, so we're, we're going to skip that one. But the rest of them, I think you can make a strong case that they're all more interesting than Earth. <laughs> you know, I don't know where you got that from, but that's actually a pretty good question because, yeah, Earth is definitely... It's definitely making the NIT or the CBI of planet names. Yeah, well, all the other planets are named after like Greek gods and goddesses, and you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not positive the origin of Earth, but this is what it is. Um, all right, last one I'll ask you. So we always talk about like what's your like favorite like Georgetown memory kind of thing. Okay. Um, if I tell you, you can physically go to a game. We can transport you in time. Now you could say it's like the game that like they win the title or whatever or whatever, but like you know you you get to pick, you get to pick the game you go to. Actually, let's say that it can't be it can't be any of the Final Four games, just for fun. So you could pick any other game you want. You can physically go to the game. And remember, this could be, maybe it's like screw it. I don't care if they won or lost. They played in Maui. I want to do that or you know whatever. Well, what's the game you physically want to go to? Well, I think it would be. I think it would be lame to pick a game that I was at, right? Uh, probably, unless you just had such a great experience, you want to repeat it again. Yeah. So it's weird how, at least for me, and maybe it's not weird based on who I am, it it's easy to remember the games that were more that were heartbreaking. Um, if I had to go back to a certain moment of a game I was at, <laughs> and this is not what I'm picking, but I just want to tell the story. And I'm sure I've mentioned it before when it was that last Georgetown Syracuse game, the last regular season game in the big East game day was there 20,000 people at Verizon center. Um, you know, the conference one seed was on the line and you know, the it's the national anthem and you just elbow me and go, Hey, look at Otto. It looks like he's waiting in line at subway. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's what he looked like. And then he went out there and just dominated. Um, so that's definitely a memory. Uh, getting trampled by the students was not a memory that I'd like to go back to. Um, that's that's a really good question. I think I would pick. I think I would pick. I'd, I'd want to be up in the dome when Big John and Ewing maybe won a game or two up there. I think I'd like to be in that in that environment. I haven't been to a win in the Carrier Dome, so I'd like to pick a win. What is is there is there a game where where Charles Smith wins like with like a layup at the buzzer? Is that at home? No, that was at Syracuse. That 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 was the one. I think I that's the game. I, that's the game I want to be at, and I want to just tell all the fans what I think about them on the way out. Right, right. I, that that's the one I was thinking. I've always, I, I've always thought that was like the sleepy, best game. I mean, Charles Smith, like you know, look, things went south for him in in, in later in life, but at Georgetown, I mean, he he had just one of the most unbelievable careers ever from the standpoint of, you know, it's like that meme that's going around. Where it start, where we, where I started, where I finished, or whatever. Like his start to finish is mind blowing because he was a, an annoying, not 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 much of a player as a freshman to becoming one of the best players in program history. And that that play was, um, yeah, that that play was 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 uh, was great. The other one I was thinking about, just in terms of more modern times, was the final eight game against uh, elite eight game against uh, North Carolina. Well, I, that's why I did the I did the preface of games I was at. So well, I did, that's... I, yeah. Well, I wasn't at that one. So, right. No, those are those are definitely good questions. Those are good conversational starters. Good questions, and I could see, um, I could see people hopping over right now to get on and find your podcast. Do you want to tell people how to find it? Sure. It's called the Standing Room Only Podcast. This is my last name. Uh, it's mostly a lot of Washington football team talk right now for the obvious reason. But like I said, uh, bouncing around, have talked Wizards. But with uh, you know, the Washington football team, you know, certainly talked a lot about what's going on with them. I've talked recently to the team president, Jason Wright, um, previewing the, the Lions game this week. But also talked Wizards uh, with uh, Michael Lee from the Washington Post. And, you know, it's uh, it's been fun. I've definitely missed doing a podcast, which is why I always appreciate Bobby letting me come here and rant because uh, – Nobody else lets me talk for the most part, so I had to start my own podcast. But, uh, yeah, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Definitely subscribe. Definitely appreciate it. If you listen, that's fine, but definitely subscribe. That that helps, and uh, we'll go from there. Cool. Well, hey, Ben, next time, believe it or not, I think we'll have actual basketball to talk about, fingers crossed, which will be phenomenal based I'm on what's ho- happened since March. I'm just hoping next time you have better candy. But, yeah, college basketball will be good, too. I'll work, I'll work on the candy situation. You can follow Ben on Twitter. It's B Standing, right? Uh, at Ben Standing. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, it's not just the initial C. That's why I have you here at, at Ben Standing. I'm at Bobby Bancroft. Thanks for listening to Kente Corner. We will see you next time.